him here, they seek him there. Those Frenchies seek him everywhere. Is he in heaven? Is he in hell? That damned elusive Pimpernel. The Adventures of the Scarlet Pimpernel, starring Marius Goring as Sir Percy Blakeney. Speaking, the adventure I'm going to relate isn't mine at all. I was only the cause of it. Most of the work on the danger fell to Tony Dewhurst, Harding and Burns, either of whom could always be relied upon to carry a banner for the League if I were engaged elsewhere, and, uh, in a sense, I was engaged. Why, Harding, come on in. It's good to see you. Glad to see you, Tony. It's my service night off. Stay there, remember, and I'll light the way for you. into the library. Ah, what's the matter? You look as though you've seen a ghost. I have some terrible news. Not Blakeney. I'm afraid so. What is it? I've just come from Dover. Did you meet Burns? Yes. He arrived back yesterday morning. Blakeney was taken prisoner in a battle with Spanish troops near Ardennes. When? Three weeks ago. But there's one gleam of hope. Burns thinks he was wearing Spanish uniform, so the chances are that he may not be recognized. Does Burns know where he is now? Well, it's not certain. But most of the prisoners captured in the Ardennes area are being shipped off to Ile de Sens. Oh. It's a small island a few miles north of Marseille. So he may be there. How many of the League can you muster? Well, only Burns, I'm afraid, at short notice. Well, we ought to start immediately. Go round to the stables and wake my groom up, will you? Right. Tell him to saddle up two mares. Now, now, let's see. With luck, we'll make Dover in three stages and arrive tomorrow afternoon. After riding all night and most of the next day... They were dog-tired when they reached Dover. They found Burns of the Mitre Arms, a small inn near the harbour. Oh, it's wonderful to sit down. I mean, that's something other than horse flesh. Well, Burns, what news? There's a small bark due to sail for Belgium in a couple of days' time. Uh-huh. The captain's a friend of mine. He'll take us across on tonight's tide. Good. Incidentally, there's one other item of news that's encouraging. Well, for heaven's sake, let's hear it. We need some encouragement. They brought some French prisoners ashore this morning. I got the officer in charge to let me see them. I mentioned the Scarlet Pimpernel just to get them talking. Not one of them knew he had been captured. Well, that's the uh, sort of news that would have traveled. It means he's still alive. Blakeney's... Come in, Captain. Captain, I want you to meet two friends of mine. Dewhurst, Harding, Captain Go. No servant, gentlemen. A drink, Captain? No, thank I just came to warn you that we're due for a rough crossing tonight. Ah, thank you, Captain. Burns is the worst sailor possible. <laughs> I'll take a wee bottle of scotch with me. Yeah, you can come aboard when you like, gentlemen. It was one of the worst storms of the year. But by morning it abated, and in comparative calm, the bark stood offshore, south of Calais. Goodbye, Captain. Thanks for everything. Oh, I hope you're feeling none the worse for the trip. Good luck on your mission. I think we shall need it. The boat's ready, Tony. Goodbye, Captain. Goodbye, sir. Oh. If I have much more sailing to do, I, I'm going to resign. 
We're halfway there, Bert. As soon as we get ashore, we can change into our peasant clothes. Yes, I'll be glad to get this fisherman rig out off. It stinks of mackerel. It's as well you've got it on. He comes to patrol. Out for the nets, lads, quick as you can. No one breaks the news to the captain. Luckily for them, no one did break the news to the captain. They came ashore an hour later without further mishap, changed into their peasants' clothes, and started their long journey south. By night, they rode on stolen horses, abandoning them by day. Then, on foot until midday, a rest, and occasionally they slept. After ten days, they arrived at a point on the coast, 20 miles north of Marseille. Oh, there's a farm just ahead. Stay here and I'll make a few discreet inquiries. Well, I'll have to be very discreet to avoid suspicion. Wait. Now look, look beyond that cliff. Oh. Soldiers embarking in small boats. They're either joining a troop ship or going to the Ile de Somme. Now we'll make for the other side of the headland. We may see it from there. Stop here. Keep well down. Two miles away, that's all. You can see the boats quite clearly from here. Ah, by nightfall, we can probably borrow one. By nightfall, only one sentry was left to guard the boats. Their first task was to put him out of action without making a sound. Only a few hundred yards away was a soldier's camp. A yell from the sentry or the noise of a shot would bring 500 men in search for them. And that is precisely what happened. He's resting on the gunwale of the first boat. That's the one we want. It's lying on a strip of sand. Listen. If you have to breathe, do it very quietly. Now, I'll make out I've lost my way. Harding, you use the breakwater as cover and come round behind him. Burns, keep watch. Right. Ready? Ready. Don't start till you hear us talking. I mistook the beach. I saw the boats from the clifftop and imagined them to be mine. So, uh, let me see your papers. Uh, my papers? Ah, yes. These papers are not... Oh, yes, they are. Patrol! Run, run, Look out, hiding! Thing. You're all right, Hardy. Yes, I'm all right. Where's Burns? Yeah. Well, keep well down. Both of you, keep well down. There must be a hundred soldiers looking for us. If we stay in these woods, we rely on luck. If we make a break for the open, 
We expose ourselves. Which do you favor, Larry? Well, I'm for taking the chance. Same here. Well, come on. They escaped from the woods, leaving the soldiers still searching for them. They were only just in time. Three miles away, they came upon a small group of caravans. At first, they thought it was a gypsy encampment. Then they heard strange sounds issuing from somewhere, quite close at hand. What the devil's that? <laughs> well, if we were in darkest Africa, I'd say it was lions. It's a circus. Look, there's a marquee. He's only a few yards away. Crawl on your belly. What if they searched the camp? If they meant to, they'd have started by now. Here's Burns. Now, under this flap. You first, Harding. Ow! Oh. <coughs> That's better. Oh, feels a bit uh, safer in here, I must say. Hello? A light. Yes, it is a light. It's someone coming towards us. Somebody carrying a lamp. Who is there? Uh, we are looking for a place to spend the night. Yes, so we, we couldn't find an inn, so we, we thought we'd use this for a few hours, if no one minds. You don't fool me, citizen. Oh. I heard the soldiers just now. You've escaped from Ile de Son, haven't you? What makes you think that? <laughs> don't worry, citizen, you're in good company. There are 15 of us in this marquee. We got away early this morning. Some new arrival from Ile de Son, Good to meet you. Were you, uh, political prisoners? We were indeed, monsieur. He'd still be there if it wasn't for the... Ah, well, never mind about that. If it wasn't for whom, monsieur? It's rumored that the Scarlet Pimpernel is on the island. No one but he could have organized such an escape as ours. You say it's rumored. Does anyone but yourself think he is there? Oh, only the prisoners. Have you seen him? <laughs> I may have done. No one knows what he looks like. How many has he helped to escape altogether? Oh, about uh, 50, I am... You speak English? Yes, I, I'll tell you the truth, Mr. Monsieur. We are the Pimpernel's friends. We didn't escape tonight. We've come here to try and rescue him. Well, after tonight, he'll need all the help he can get. They've doubled the guard on the island. Uh, I'll tell you how you can get there. The prisoners I had helped to escape used a pontoon capable of carrying up to 15 men. It lay in a small creek where they had left it about a mile away from the circus camp. Tony and his friends found it about four o'clock in the morning. They had just enough time to get to the island before dawn. Oh, we've made it. All clear, lads? Drag the pontoon up on the beach. Right. Now, this looks like a cave. We'd better hide it in there. We'll need it again. There's a footpath to the right, about 50 yards. I'll go on ahead. I'll give you the signal to follow. Wait there. Oh, nice and peaceful. Yeah. There's something very comforting about the sound of an owl. Oh, I didn't like the place. <laughs> What's the word? Uh, sinister. Rubbish. It's grand. Listen to the sound of the wind in the trees. Yeah. The gentle lap of the water against the shore. Look at the soft radiance of the moon. <laughs> name, what's that? <laughs> Don't move, Burns. Wait for Tony. Harding. Yes? What was that noise? The devil himself by the side of it. Look! Just ahead! Something horrible! It's moving towards us!
Standing with their backs to the cave, they watched a thin, wraith-like figure shuffling slowly across the beach towards them. There was a long moment of suspense as a cloud scurried across the moon, and for a moment the figure dissolved into blackness. Then, as the cloud moved on, a broad finger of moonlight disclosed an old man. Tattered rags hung on his bent, twisted body. A long white beard adorned an emaciated face that might have been a hundred years old. His eyes, deep-set and ringed by great hollows, glared malevolently as he stopped a few feet away to observe them. You did? <laughs> I meant to scare you. That was the whole idea. My name is Dupont. Mad Dupont, they call me. It is a lovely evening, monsieur, isn't it? Delightful. <laughs> Do they let you wander about the island just as you like? Oh, yes. You see, I own the place. Mind you, you wouldn't think so by the look of me. Can I direct you anywhere? Well, yes, you can. We are looking for the political prisoners, compound. Oh, are you? Well, now let me see. Now take that path. Yes. When you get to the top of the cliff, you'll find some woods. Uh-huh. The path goes through them. When you reach the other side, you'll see miles of fencing. And that's where they keep the prisoners. Well, thank you very oh, much. Oh, no, you can't miss it. Thank huh? you very much indeed. Good night. Good night. As they approached the fringe of the trees, they could see distant lights from the compound. They moved warily now, alert for the first hint of danger. They reached the other side of the trees with only 200 yards now separating them from the compound. I'm going to try and slip over that fence. In the morning, I'll join the prisoners when they assemble. What do you want us to do? Well, try and get the layout of the island. Work out an alternative escape route in case of accidents. As soon as I get news of Blackman, I'll join you here and we'll, we'll decide on the next course. I can see the guard. Yes, he'll start off in a moment. I'll slip in behind him. Now, now, he's moving away. Right. Tony reached the political prisoner's compound without mishap. In spite of the recent escapes, and although their strength had nearly doubled, the guards were by no means strict. The morning's general assembly consisted of a rough count, and if one or two were missing, a routine search was made over the island, and the prisoners shot if recaptured. Tony's presence in the compound escaped undue attention, and he was able to pursue his inquiries about me. I hear there were more escapes last night, monsieur. <laughs> Fifteen or twenty. Yeah. There's no doubt this elusive Pimpernel they talk about is here on the island organizing them. An amazing man. What courage and enterprise. You are right, monsieur. I wonder how many poor devils owe their lives to him. Is it possible, monsieur, that we may get word from him about ourselves? And they say he is concerned only with those who are in danger of execution. At any moment now, such an eventuality may befall any of us. Why do you think that? I heard one of the guards talking last night. The commandant has been trying to keep the news of the escapes from the ears of Chauvelin. There will be stricter measures from today, and possibly reprisals. The warning given to Tony was by no means an idle one. In the afternoon, the prisoners were assembled for inspection by the commandant, and 30 of them picked at random and ordered to fall out from arrest. Among these was Tony. Silence was ordered so that the commandant could address them all. No doubt you have been greatly encouraged by the recent incidents. 
Perhaps many of you are at this moment plotting your own escape. It is now necessary for me to enforce stern measures against the further repetition of last night's events. The men I have selected are to represent the object lesson by which I intend to discourage you. They will be shot immediately. The execution of the first 15 men took place in the open square ringed by the prisoner's huts. Tony was number 17. Unaware of Tony's impending fate, I chose that moment to give the signal for the biggest escape I had as yet organized from the island. 200 prisoners were involved. The previous night, arms had been distributed secretly, and I myself led the escape to the beaches. Meanwhile, the diversion caused by the escape was enough to throw the guard in Tony's compound into utter confusion. The executions were suspended, and the prisoners huddled into a tight mass in the square. Sergeant, take off your head and join the eight companies! I chose a strategic position on the east side of the island, overlooking a deep, narrow gorge. From this vantage point, we were able to fire at the soldiers as they swarmed in our direction. All day the battle continued, and with their guards otherwise occupied, prisoners from all over the island gradually filtered through the woods to join us. At nightfall, we made good our escape. They're firing the boats! Get the move on, you fools! I'll be too late! No doubt Tony would himself have joined the main escape route, but for his assignment with Burns and Hardy. They met as planned on the previous night. Their movements were now hampered by one of Tony's fellow prisoners who escaped with him. He was badly wounded. Yeah, we'll have to dress that wound, Hardy. Who is he? His name's Latrec. We got away together. He was bleeding badly. Listen. Ah, yes, they're still searching. Now, alternative this time, we'll just have to chance our luck and stay where we are. Burns, you better keep watch. to you, but if you leave me now, you may still have a chance. Ah, don't talk. Lie still. All clear. Right. Now make for the pontoon. Can you stand? Uh, I think... Yes, I can manage. How far will I have to walk? Oh, about 400 yards. We'll support you. <laughs> now, lean on me. Harding? Yeah? You support his right side. Burns, you go on ahead. Give us an all clear when you get to the cliff top. Right. There's the signal. We can go. All right, Latrec? Yes. Come ah. yeah, on. Oh, here we are. Put him down gently now. <laughs> That's it. Have a look at the dressing burns. Harding, mm-hmm. we'll get the pontoon from the cave. What's the matter? It's gone. That old man must have taken it. Now, look around. He couldn't have dragged it far. Not a sign of it. Well, what do we do now? Well, I suppose I'll have to search for another boat. Go back to Burns. I'll join you as soon as I can. As a precaution against pursuit, I had charged certain key men among the prisoners with the task of firing every boat we did not use ourselves. All Tony could find were the charred remnants of about 50 small boats and pontoons. Well, there's only one thing to do now. We'll have to swim for it. What about the trick? Oh, we can't leave him. I'll go myself and bring something back. <laughs> There was a mile and a half separating the isle from the mainland, and a strong current nearly cost Tony his life. It took him over an hour to reach the other side. Exhausted and bitterly cold, he searched the beaches in vain for some semblance of boat or pontoon. Meanwhile, on the isle, Burns and Harding waited, hope gradually receding from their horizon. Well, we'll give him a few more minutes, and then we'll... 
you, my friend. What do you want? Oh, nothing. I will have a pleasant day. There's been quite a bit of excitement on island. <laughs> I've never seen so much shooting. Are you waiting for somebody? Hmm? Well, we might be. I wonder if you were. I suppose you want to get back to the mainland. Yes, we do. Can you help us? <laughs> I found a pontoon in that cave. I'm going fishing on it tomorrow. I could loan it to you if you promise to return it. Why, old Scarecrow, that pontoon belongs to us. <laughs> Does it? Well, findings keeping, I always say. It belongs to me now. Where have you hidden it? Now, steady, Burns. I don't like your tone, young man. I said you could borrow it, but now I've changed my mind. Now, look. We, we've got a sick man here. He needs a doctor. Tell us where the pontoon is, and I'll give you 50 francs. Oh, 50 francs, eh? Well, that's worth considering. Well, is it a deal? Let me see the 50 francs. Oh, there you are. Show us the pontoon, and you shall have another 50. Ah. <laughs> this way, my friend, this way. Oh. Keep oh. still, the trick. Get this band tighter. Was that Dupont? Yes. Do you know him? Yes, I know him. Everybody on the island knows Dupont. Is he as harmless as he seems? Mm, it pays him to let the soldiers think he's mad. It amuses them, and he is useful. He has been known to betray prisoners who try to escape. Well, he didn't betray us. Mm -hmm. He was lucky. But he's still got time. If he returns with Harding, we'll put a stop to that. All right, Burns. Hold the trek to the beach. And we'll get off immediately. What about Tony? We'll have to look for him on the other side. If he'd have been able to get across, he'd be here by now. Where's the old man? He's gone off somewhere. The trick thinks he may have gone to warn the soldiers. All right, now. Let's get a move on. A few hundred yards from the island, Latrec's warning of possible treachery from the old man was fulfilled. They could see the soldiers pouring onto the beach, which they had just left. Silhouetted in the moonlight, the men in the pontoon made an admirable target, but unfortunately, just out of range. Uh, outside their range. Well, at least if we have attracted Tony's attention. Oh, I hope he's the only one. Get ready to land. Latrec! Hey, stop him! He's gone. I'll try and get him. Now, stay where you are. The way he wanted it. Poor devil knew it was our only chance. Now, get ready, Burns. Jump for it. Harding! This way! It's Tony! Run for it, Burns! Any news of Blakeney? None. The whole countryside was alive with soldiers. If he got through, it'll be a miracle. And if we get through, it'll be another miracle. Yeah, but I believe in him. If you've got your wind back, we'll make another dash for it. Ready? All right. Here we go, then. a month later, three tired, unshaven men who no longer needed a disguise to conceal their identity from friend or foe. To them, my own fate was still in doubt. They had heard no news, comforting or otherwise, in their long trek across France. 
Late one night, they made their way dejectedly through the streets of Dover to the Mitre Inn. From the window of my bedroom, I watched their approach. I waited until I heard Tony's rap on the door below, and then I leaned out. <laughs> Good evening, gentlemen. Blakeney. It's Blakeney. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha,